Let's bow our heads. Today we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving. I feel like I should preach a sermon. I had my sermon already done when I found out, and, and of course this is Thanksgiving. I probably would have taught on adoption. That, that's a great subject. Let's bow our heads. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you. Lord, as we come today, our greatest prayer is the prayer of thanksgiving and praise. Father, we come and we ask that you would just give us just a transformed heart today. Let us be givers of thanks. Let us be praisers. Let us put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness today and this week. As we come to that point of remembering, as a nation, let us be thankful. Father, because you have placed us in the greatest, the most prosperous nation, the most Christian of all nations. Father, even in our backslidden state, in our great need for revival, Father, we, we still have much to be thankful for. And Father, we ask that you would just give clarity of mind, articulation of speech this morning. And Father, just give each person ears to hear, hearts to receive, and a will to be doers of the word this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. Transform us now, Holy Spirit, with the word of God. And we'll give you all the praise. We ask it all in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, you know, giving of thanks is a very profound thing. And the Bible talks about in the last days, there'll be those who will be unholy and unthankful. And that word unthankful is a Greek word. And uh, it's krastos. And thankful and akrastos means unthankful. And it literally means like a, a river, a flowing river that gets dammed up. How many of you know if you get dammed up and, you, and you're a river, you, you form a stagnant pool? If you don't have a means for that water to keep moving out, in and out. And you know, we have all these blessings that come in, but if we don't show God our thankfulness for the blessings, we become stagnant. It can, it can affect us. In Romans 1, it says this in verses... Uh, 21 and 22, it goes on, it says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain. See, unthankfulness causes all kinds of bizarre things in us and became vain. And as we can start thinking that we have these blessings because somehow we're exceptional or we've done it. Well, that's not the case. Vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They changed the glory. God, who, you know, and then it just goes on in this whole process of homosexuality and, and you know, despising God and reprobate mind and fornication, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters. This is the end result. I'm jumping over a whole bunch of scriptures disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, and that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. You don't have to be a gay, but if you have pleasure in, in gay rights, gay people getting rights, then you're equally worthy of death, the Bible says. But it started with being unthankful. See, thankfulness is huge. We've got to understand that thankfulness is a major component of our Christian walk. It says in 90, Psalms 92, 1, it says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises to him continually. It's a bad thing not to. Adam and Eve weren't thankful. Lucifer wasn't thankful. The children of Israel weren't thankful. There's a lot of examples of people who weren't thankful for great things that the Lord had done. But I like David because he, David had a thankful heart. Turn with me this morning to Psalms 136. 
I want to look at something very profound. It's a whole chapter full of thanksgiving. And then I want to give you about five reasons why we need to be thankful believers. And you can see that Psalm 36, and I broke it down into several things. And in the first three verses, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods. Verse 3, oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. It starts out in the first three verses. Isn't it? And what I find interesting is it tells us what we need to do. We need to give thanks. We need to give thanks. And it's the Lord, the God of God's Lord of lords. And then in verses 4 through 7, it says, And to him who alone doeth great wonders for his mercy and doeth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens. To him that stretcheth out the earth above the waters, to him that made great lights for his mercy endureth forever, and all of men with his mercy endureth forever. So then, first thing, it's number one, the first three verses says to give thanks. They, they all start with give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. The next four verses, to him, to him, to him, to him. You know, you'd think we'd get it. But I've sat around secular tables with people, and they're thinking that they're quite pious when they say, and what is it that you are giving thanks for this Thanksgiving? I was, I was, and this was supposedly a Christian organization. It, well, I was on a board of a YMCA, and, and, and they're all going around. And I thought, excuse me, we're missing something here. We're not, we're not thankful for what we have. We're thankful to him who gave us what we have. You know, I'm not thankful for, to this pulpit. Oh, pulpit, I'm so thankful because I can use you on Sunday mornings. I'm thankful for you. Oh, pulpit, I want to express thankfulness to you. I'm so thankful for you. No, 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 no. Our thankfulness is always to God. And yet today in our culture, it's, oh, and what are you thankful for today? You know, that's not what's important. What's important is who you're thankful to. And then you can open the door to all kinds of things you're thankful for. But if you skip that component... Because it starts out to be thankful. Then we've got four verses, more verses than to be thankful. To be thankful to him, it starts out very emphatically, to him be thanks. If we miss that, two, it's two, then we've missed the whole point. And then we go on and, oh my gosh, all the things that he's thankful for, that's an endless list. There's only one that that we'd be thankful to. But there's many things we can be thankful for. In verse 8, it says, The sun that ruleth by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars that rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. To he that smote Egypt in, the, in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And who brought them out of Israel among them, for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endureth forever. And there's, there's 24 of those, for his mercy endures forever. Did you know all those things are an expression of his mercy? deliverances, healings, victories in battle, being saved from your enemies, the fact that he created the moon and the sun and the stars, all those are his mercies. Because it says, for his mercy endures forever. All those things are referenced against this, that that's an act of God's mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Well, we all deserve hell, and that's mercy. And none of us deserve heaven, but we get it if we're saved, and that's grace. Grace and mercy are two very different things. But see, I am thankful for his... How many of you are thankful for his mercy this morning? David went on and on and on first about where to give thanks, and then, more emphatically, who do we give thanks to? And then he got this big... And I think he could have gone on and on even with far more because 
His mercies endure forever. And they're there and they're forever. And that's a good thing. It's an infinite time frame. Forever, his mercy. And all those things are just a small, you know, uh, survey of a handful of things. But virtually everything we have is because of his mercy because none of us deserve any of it. How many of you are thankful for that this morning? You know, I'm especially thankful when somebody gives me a gift. You know, if I pay for something, I'm thankful. And I say thankful when I go and I buy a new suit at the suit store or I buy a new pair of shoes at the, at the shoe store. I'm thankful and I say thankful. But if somebody gives me a suit, then I really say thank you. Because now that's an act of mercy. And when we come to God, everything we have from him is an act of mercy and it's a gift. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Blessed be the Father, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And you know, uh, according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us unto glory and virtue. We could go on and on about how everything and all things are from him to us as an act of his mercy. And to not be thankful for that is a very warped, you know, and you know, we live in the narcissistic age today. And I really believe this. Many are self-absorbed and self-indulged. And if you get self-absorbed, you'll soon be self-indulged. And that's what those people were who claimed to be wise but became fools. Because they weren't thankful. Thankfulness lets you know and reminds you that there's another party involved in all of your blessings. And his name is God. And when we understand that, then we get a paradigm change in the way we think. That it's really God who is worthy to be praised. Now let me give you five reasons why we should always be praising and giving thanks to God. You know, as, as I, but for, you know, we're in the last days and, and, and there'll be less and less thanks, the Bible says. They'll become unholy and unthankful. But number one, just because God deserves it. As we've read here in Psalms 136, no one else is deserving of any, anything. He created this whole thing. He created this whole existence. And he created the wonderful angels and blessed them and they, a third of them fell and, and turned against him. He created humanity and his first, and the first family turned against him. He created all this world, and he made this beautiful garden. He made this perfect existence. He made this perfect man. He made this perfect woman. He made this perfect relationship in this perfect world, in this perfect existence, in this perfectly blessed with everything that pertained to life and godliness in a garden filled with gold, a garden filled with rivers, a garden filled with fertile ground, a garden filled with wonderful plants, a garden filled with beautiful animals, a garden filled with beautiful sunshine and moon and stars at night, and every single solitary thing that they would ever think of needing and could even imagine he did exceedingly abundantly above all that they could ask or think and did this wonderful creation gave it to him and then man spit in his face and turned on and believed a rotten little rebel named the devil wow think about that god deserves to be thanked amen we can thank the Lord for, for he is worthy. It says in Revelation, the 4 and 11, it says, Revelation, all through that fifth chapter, it says, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lord God Almighty. 
And it says, and the elders fall down and they give thanks and they give praise. And, they, and the beasts and the creatures in heaven fall down and they give thanks and praise. And the 24 uh, that are sitting on the thrones and the apostles and the 12 tribes. And they're all bowing down saying, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lord God Almighty. He's worthy to be thanked. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. We can thank the Lord. He is worthy. Turn with me to Psalms 18, verse 3. Our God is worthy to be thanked. No one else is worthy of that. And if somebody gives you something really nice, just remember who created that person and the thing that was given to you. And the command that tells them to love you and to give things to you. You can't take credit for anything. You and I can't take credit for anything good that happens on this earth. Because if, something, if a person does something good, you've got to remember that there was the person that God created. And if they did something good, it's because they followed the word of God. And that was the, 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 uh, uh, the, really the, the truth and the, and the principle that God created for us to operate in. Amen. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. God is so worthy. He is so worthy. It says he's given us all things for us to be blessed and first, uh, that all things belong to us in 1 Timothy 6, 17. We open presents on Christmas. You know, unthankful people, they don't look who it's from. They don't bother to go thank them. Little kids are like that. They don't know it because you have to be taught things. Marco Rubio says, nobody's born with good morals. He says, hey, you got to teach your kids that. They, they, and it doesn't happen by osmosis either. I mean, be not deceived, bad company corrupts good manners, but for some reason they don't, they don't pick up the good ones as easy as they pick up the bad ones. You ever notice that? I never had to teach my kids to hit each other. I never had to teach my kids to be selfish and pull the toy out of the other one's hand. Any of you have to teach that to your kids? Well, you might have unknowingly, but anyway, no, I won't, we won't go there. We have to be taught to be thankful. How many of you, that just doesn't come naturally? Now, when we're born again, our heart does change. and it, Oh, you start wanting to, but you still need to get your head in line with it and get your mind renewed to that. Number two, because it blesses God. It isn't just that he deserves it. Lift your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, it says in Psalms 134. You know, lifting your hands is surrender, it's thanks, it's praise, it's a whole bunch of things. It's taking it to the next level. Lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting in school. If you had the answer, you raised your hand. In God's kingdom, if you've got the answer, you raise your hands and you give thanks and you give praise. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, it says in Psalms 134.2. We need to be a thankful people. I love Psalms 100, and this is, this is a big one that everybody always preaches on during thanksgiving but it's worthy of i mean make a joyful noise unto the lord and that's what i do because i can't sing and you're all blessed that they take this away from me when it's time for me to sing or they turn it off you ever notice that they turn on when i talk and then if i talk too much they turn it off no i'm just kidding which i've been known to do no i'm just kidding 
Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye not that the Lord, he is good. God, excuse me, it is he that hath made us and not ourselves. Boy, we need to realize that in America. Somebody would tell Donald Trump that too. <clears throat> no, just kidding. Self-made men, their only problem is they worship their maker. Knowing ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pastures. Now here, I like this one. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. That's what they do in heaven. That's what they do in heaven. And we can join them via satellite. Right down here at Jubilee Family Church. Come on. Tells us to enter into his presence. They're in his presence. They're entering with thanksgiving. Glory, glory, glory is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb, Lord God Almighty. And they're they're going in there. They're having a praise and worship session. Praise God. They've put on the garment of praise permanently. They don't have the spirit of heaviness anymore. And they're in their praise. And we can join them via satellite. And we can get into his presence too. Aren't you glad we can get into his presence? It says, enter ye his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. I like that. Praise God. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And if you don't feel like praise, it says, don't forget his benefits. You know, if you'll think about his benefits, you'll end up accidentally praising him and thanking him. David had to tell himself that. How many, you know, sometimes we've got to talk to ourselves. You know, we're spirit, you know, we're a spirit. Uh, we have a soul. That's our mind, will, and our emotions. It comes from the word psyche. The same word we get psyche is, uh, I can't think of the word, but it's a Greek word. And then we have a body that we live in. And sometimes we've got to get our spirit, that part of us that got born again is righteous and holy. Talk to our mind, that part of us that needs to be renewed. We need to renew our mind. And we've got to get to talking to ourselves like David. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul. That's his spirit talking to his soul. Soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. Suke, that's the word. It's the Greek word suke. That's where we get the word psychology. He starts talking to his soul. He starts talking to his mind, his spirit man. You know, you've got the mind of the spirit and the mind of the, of the flesh. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. Get that spiritually minded part of you, that spirit mind. Talking to that carnal mind. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. And forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns me with tender kindness and tender mercies, who renews my youth as eagle, who satisfies my mouth with good things to eat, and so on and so forth. And he goes on and on. He talks about all the blessings and the benefits. And before he's done, he's praising the Lord. Amen. You just got to remind yourself everything God's done for you. Yeah. And you'll begin thinking, he's, you know, I haven't thanked the Lord today. I need to thank the Lord. Talk to yourself. Get that silly, unrenewed mind straightened out. Renew it. Talk to it. Get it, get it in line with the way that God thinks. We've got to learn to give thanks. Psalms 22, he inhabits the praises of his people. Hebrews 13, 15. By him we offer the sacrifice of praise continually. With the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Continually. Everybody say continually. That's what it says. Hebrews 13, 15. That's what it says. Continually. Well, I can't be praising the Lord all the time. I got a job to do at work. I can't go in there going, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You should be having a heart of praise. You should be thinking. It should be on the back of your mind. 
I'm, th- I'm coming to work. I'm, I'm getting in your presence. I'm getting up and I'm getting in your presence. First thing today, Lord, early will I seek thee, the psalmist said. Jesus went out early in the morning. How many of you know heaven lost its praise and worship leader? How many of you know Lucifer, it says in Ezekiel, I think it's 28. It says, in the day that thou was created, well, we know that only Adam and Eve were created, so the rest of us were born. And we know that that's talking about Lucifer, and it talks about him. He talks about he had pipes and tabrets, and he was the covering cherub in heaven, and he was the worship leader. But he became unthankful. How many of Lucifer fell? He's now called Satan. Satan means the accuser of the brethren. He went from a high and lofty place as an archangel to a low, terrible place as, as Satan. See, heaven lost its praise and worship leader. You know, you know the old band's out. God needs a new band. No, I'm just teasing. He wants some new people in there. Since Lucifer got booted, he got kicked out of heaven. He wants us to take his place so that there's some good music in heaven, some praise and worship, some love music to, the, to our Lord. Amen? Our love song to him. And the heavenly multitude. So another reason why you need to learn how to give praise and thanksgiving is so you'll fit in in heaven. You know, down in this world, it's dark. There's a sense of the whole world lieth in darkness. Then said thy word, it giveth light, and it giveth understanding to the simple. Satan is called the prince of darkness. It says, work while it is yet day, for the day cometh where there will be no man can work. While it is yet day. It's a dark day. Dark days are coming. Isaiah 60 says the whole world will be covered in gross darkness. But our light will become even more bright. I'm afraid that even darker days may be coming to us. When I look at France, when I look at the direction, unless we have a major revival in America, we could have some really dark days. I'm very concerned about that. But in heaven, it's not like that. Heaven, there's continual praise. And, and, you know, if you don't like praise and thanksgiving, then you just won't like heaven. So heaven isn't going to get used to you. You better get used to heaven. And here in the satellite world (laughs) is a perfect place to get practiced up for heaven let me tell you something it's great to learn how to give thanks and praise down here get us ready you know we we can practice putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness because the spirit of heaviness will want to come back on you as soon as you go back to work or someplace where a bunch of people are cursing and talking negative and and dissing, dissing god and and, and talking doubt and unbelief and fear and, and anger and strife and all that ugly, dirty stuff that wants to get on you when you're out in the world. We should be light. We should be deflecting it off. We should be talking praise. We should be talking good things, thanksgiving. We should be a light. But sometimes we, you know, everything that you say wrong about this world, just remember who created it. Yeah. Everything that you say wrong about another person, just remember that we are his workmanship. Not in our fallen state, but in the new creation, man. We are his workmanship. Anytime you talk about a Christian, just remember, you're talking about God's workmanship. Anytime you talk about what a screwed up, messed up world this is and, and how rotten it is, and, and just remember, God created it. Then you've just done the absolute opposite of praise. 
Then you've done praise in the inverse. Now you've done the antithesis of praise. And God inhabits the praises of people. I wonder who inhabits the antithesis of praise. I think the devil shows up. Because really then he's getting praise because he's God's antithesis. When we talk negatively, that really is anti-praise. That's anti-thanks. And let me give you a little secret. It's anti-Christ. You see, we enter into his gates in Thanksgiving. He inhabits. He inhabits the praise. He hangs out with people that talk nice to him. (laughs) That's a real dumbed-down form of he inhabits the praises of his people. He likes hanging out with people that talk nice to him, kind of like your spouse. Oops, excuse me. We won't go there. How many like hanging out with people who talk nice to you? He inhabits the praises of his people. He shows up. He shows up and he parts oceans. He shows up and shakes the mountains, it says in Psalms, I think 104 or 4, someplace in there. And he says, and what did they do when the, when the hills were spinning like little rams? And, 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 and what, did they, what were they all afraid of? And why did they all flee? And the Bible says, it was the presence of the Lord. When they went out in Joshua 20, I mean, in 2 Chronicles 20, 20, and Joshua went out, and he sent out the praisers first. And they were surrounded with five superior kings with five superior armies, and they knew they were going to get beat until they prayed, and somebody came up with a word, and somebody prophesied and said, the battle is not yours, it's the Lord. Go out there praising, and they went out there praising, and they went out there giving thanks, and all the enemies begin to fight against themselves and be defeated. Just think if they wouldn't have been praising. Just think if they wouldn't have gone out praising and giving God thanks. And it says, because God inhabits the praises of his people, and God's presence caused the wicked to be confused and defeat themselves and to be completely overran. How many of you are glad God's on our side? If the Lord had not been on our side, David said. Thanks makes our mind cognizant of blessings. So one of the reasons is, We need to enter into his presence. We need to be ready for heaven. And when we enter into his presence, his omniscience, his omnipresence, his manifest presence. You know, there's an inward presence, an inward dwelling. The spirit lives within us. The Holy Spirit can come upon us, it says. You shall receive power if the Holy Ghost come upon you. He lives within you for salvation and, you know, completely recreation on the inward man. He rests upon us for empowerment. He is omnipresent. He's all around us. Rivers of living water flow out of our bellies. He can flow out of us. The power flowed out of Jesus when the little woman grabbed the hem of his garment and touched him. That's another manifestation of the Holy Spirit flowing out of him, being in him, being upon him. He is with us, omnipresent, and he is manifest in power. And that comes as a result of being in his presence. Come to his presence with thanksgiving, Psalms 95. Let me read Psalms 95. I'm just, we're just kind of doing a walkthrough, just talking about a bunch of great scriptures. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. If you don't like giving thanks and praise, then you're not going to like church, you're not going to like heaven, you're not going to like God. And I got news for you, there's something wrong with you. Spiritually, as a Christian, there's something wrong with you if you don't want to give thanks and praise. You're not well, you're not healthy. There's something wrong. Let's come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is great. 
is the great God and great king of all gods. So we need to just get at home with prayer. You know, I went to a church, before I got born again, I was Roman Catholic. I used to go to this big old huge church, 700,000 people, great big beautiful old church, gorgeous old church. I remember we'd go to church and, boy, you, you didn't, you, you never said praise the Lord in that place. Sermons are way up here over your head. There's a whole lot of religious rigmarole going on. A whole bunch of people dressed funny. <laughs> Their collar on backwards or something. I don't know what it was, but anyway. Wearing dresses. No, I'm just kidding. Big long robes. All this. As a little kid, I remember all that. I remember this great big old church. Silence. So quiet. And I forget, there was this little old lady down in the front row. Her husband was blind. They owned a dairy in this town. There was an explosion. Her husband had been blind for many years, and she used to lead him in every service and set him down, sit with him. I remember this big, huge, silent church. I'd always hear this little lady down front saying, well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I'd see your hands go up. Let me tell you, she stuck out like a sore thumb in that church. She wasn't ashamed. She was okay with being a fool for Jesus. She was all right if she brought attention to that. And, and, and her, her intention wasn't to bring it to herself. It was to the Lord. And i never forget. And this lady, I remember my mom met this lady. and We were all lost. We weren't saved. We went to church every Sunday, prayed every single day. You can go to hell going to church. I'll tell you what, I was more faithful as a lost Catholic going to hell going to church. I don't ever remember missing church one single time. I don't remember not praying every single day. We get on our knees through Lent, pray for an hour or two every single night. And we were lost and going to hell. You know, the Muslims beat us when it comes to prayer. They get down five times a day, but they're going to hell. Because you don't have a relationship. You don't understand salvation. I'll never forget this little lady sat in that front row. And they were probably in their 70s. And I thought, I have never seen anything like that. She would raise her this big, and you could hear her little tiny voice echo through this great, big, huge, beautiful church because it was as quiet as it could be. You could hear a pin drop. And that struck me through. I said, I've never seen anybody like that before. Somebody who's not afraid to praise God. And it troubled me to the core. It struck me through. I was, and then I met that lady and I saw her eyes look different. I can barely tell it. And I thought, she really loves God. And she's very different. And I thought, I'm not like that. And I knew she made me feel lost. I need to feel lost because I was, I was going to hell. 
And I saw this holiness in her eyes that I'd never really seen before. I thought, I'm so convicted. You know, there's something very holy about worshiping God. Somebody say amen. It'll bring deliverance to your life. Jonah, he said, after he disobeyed God and he disobeyed God, Jonah 2, 7 through 10. Let's go turn there. I can hardly tell that story because that's just right before I got saved. And it, it it was very much a part of bringing me to myself before God. Jonah says this after he was disobedient. He ended up in the belly of the whale. And he was crying out to God. And he says, when, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed, salvations of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish and vomited him out upon the dry land. Now, you've got to remember, those people worshipped the fish, a God that had the head of a fish. Now, you worship a big fish, and a guy comes, and the big whale spits him out on the shore, and you see that. Well, you think, well, okay, the man has arrived. <laughs> the fish God has brought him Via, you know, taxi service. Okay. Jonah sacrificed with the voice of thanksgiving and was delivered. Psalms 50, 14 and verse 15. If you're in trouble, you better learn how to praise God. I'll never forget when Elizabeth, our, our oldest daughter, she, she called me. She says, oh, Dad, says, I've got a pain in my side. Right, where appendicitis, appendicitis happens. And I've had appendicitis. I had my appendix out. I had three or four attacks before I had it out. He says, oh, she says, I can't believe the pain. I was in Pella, and I was driving home, and she was at home. And she said, I can't believe the pain. She says, I know what it is. It's appendicitis. She says, I, I'm sick to my stomach, and, and, and this pain is so severe, so severe. And I said, well, honey, you know, we need to pray right now on the phone because that can be very dangerous. And, I, and I'm going to drive, and I'm going to, you know, Pray for me, I'm probably going to break the speed limit here. <laughs> so I'm driving from Bella to Oskaloosa really fast. And I started praising, and I started, you know, I started thanking the Lord. And I hadn't started to praise and thank I just started praying. I started out praying. I said, Lord, you know, your word says that you sent your word and healed them and delivered them from destruction. Your word says that you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Your word says that the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And, and your word says that, you know, by your stripes are healed. You, the word says that you're the Lord, our healer. The, and, and I, you know, I've got every verse in the Bible memorized on healing. And she's, oh, it's getting worse. And she just was crying on the phone while I was praying. And then it came to me. Oh, I forgot to praise the Lord. And, and, and about that time, I, I'm pulling in to the drive, and, and, I'm running, and she's running out of the house. She's like this. She can hardly walk. And, and I get in the car, get in the car. 
So we're, we, we jump in the car. We're going to run over to the emergency room. I said, you know what we haven't done? We haven't praised the Lord. Immediately we started lifting up our hands. And she said, oh. I says, hmm. By him we offer the sacrifice of praise. Everybody say Sacrifice. By him we offer the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. As soon as I started to pray, she says, Dad, I I can't believe it. It just started to leave. As we're driving over there, when we start praising? And she said, oh my gosh. She says, we don't have to go. She says, it's completely gone. I think lots of times we pray for people to be healed, but what we need to do is start giving God thanks and praise. Psalm 50, verses 14. Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee. And thou shalt glorify me. Daniel, the first thing he did when they said, you just broke the law, and there was a conspiracy against his religious liberty. He says, nobody can pray except to the king now. We just made the law, dude. How do you like that? We're a bunch of dirty little legislators, just like what we got in America today. He said, you're going to go to jail. We don't like you. See, they couldn't find anything wrong with Daniel because he had such an excellent spirit. So they made up a law. You know they're doing that today? Don't think that's too far-fetched. And he ran to his home and he threw the windows open so everybody could hear. And he says, I'm going to praise the Lord like I never had before, morning, noon, and night. We said, well, that didn't get him delivered. They they took him and threw him in jail. Yeah, it did, because when he went down into that lion's den, they wouldn't touch him. And I would just guess he was doing a little praise and worshiping down there, too. Would be my guess. He's delivered. Daniel, thank three times a day. He's delivered from the lion's den. Jonah's delivered from the belly of the whale. Psalms 115. And other you can you can go through the scriptures. And when Paul and Silas were in that Macedonian jail, they begin to lift their voice in praise, and that earthquake came, and that jailer was ready to kill himself, and they got him led, but they got him led to the Lord and saved. They got set out free from that prison house. And it's all because they had a praise session. Somebody say amen. Amen. By him we offer the sacrifice of praise continually, which is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. We're running out of time. It's almost time to go. Here's one of the greatest ones, to be a witness. To be a witness, we need to give thanks. Turn with me to Psalms 145. I say, gosh, we got so many scriptures today, Pastor Bill. Yeah. There's a lot. You know, in the early church fathers, they would make reputations against heretics. They'd use as many as two and 3,000 scriptures. And their writings would be pages and 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 pages. One refutation was 2,000 pages against a heretic. I think it was Polycarp or one of the early church fathers because they used so many scriptures. Oh, God forbid we'd use scriptures in church like that. Psalms 145. Look what it says. 
Verses 1 through 12, I will extol thee, O my God, O king. I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day I will bless thee. I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. But if you don't talk about praiseworthy things and give God praise and thanks for the great things he did in generations past and in years past, your kids will never get it. He says right here, from one generation to another, you need to be telling the stories. You need to be telling the day that you praised on the way to the emergency room and you got healed. You need to be praising on the day that you had uh, this blessing happen and you praised God. And it, I hope you have some praise and Thanksgiving stories. I hope. Because you need to pass them down to your kids. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might and of the terrible acts. And I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. And all thy works shall praise thee. His works will praise thee, O Lord. Thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of thy glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. To make known to the sons of men, here's the testimony, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. That's why we need to praise him. Jesus said when he raised Lazarus, Father, I give thee thanks because so that all the people that are standing by will know that it's you. He says that. He says, the reason why I'm, he fulfilled those verses, he says, the reason why I'm giving thanks is so that everybody will know that you raised him up from the dead. Wow. And magnify him with thanksgiving, it says. Well, there's a lot of reasons why we need to praise the Lord. This morning, I pray that this Thanksgiving won't just be another Thanksgiving. I, I pray that God revives in you a spirit of thankfulness. I hope God revives in you a consciousness of thankfulness. Because some of you need to be delivered. Some of you need to be a witness to your family. Some of you need to come to a consciousness, a greater consciousness. And let me tell you something. When you give God thanks all the time, it increases your consciousness. And some of you need that. Why? Because the Bible says, great peace have they that love thy law. It says, he who keeps his mind stayed upon me, I will keep in perfect peace. And when you praise and give thanks to God all the time, it keeps your mind stayed upon him and you'll have perfect peace. That's why a lot of people don't have any peace. They're thinking about all the wrong things. Think upon these things that are good and lovely and have a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any thankworthy or any praise, you know, we're told what to think about. And we're told what not to think about. Where the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. Are they not carnal, but they're mighty through God, casting down imaginations and every high thought exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. There's things that we're supposed to think about. There's supposed to be things we're supposed to cast down, throw out, refuse to think about. And the way that you can start thinking about the right things is becoming a person who's praising and thanking God all the time because he deserves it, because it blesses him. Because it'll get us ready to fit in in heaven. 
to go into his presence, to bring his deliverance out of our situation, and to be a witness to those around us. Let's stand up this morning.